Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. So today, we are going to have a solo episode. We said this, we told you at the beginning of the year, we said the third week of the month, we will have solo episodes from the host. So today is the third Monday of the month. And so today, as we've been celebrating Black History Month all of this month, it's been absolutely incredible. We've had some great guests. We have some shows that have been recorded that haven't dropped yet, but I'm telling you right now, do not miss any of these episodes that are going to be dropping for Black History Month. It is awesome. We also have some merchandise. Minority Money Merch is available on minoritymoneymerch.com. That's where you can find the merchandise to match your lifestyle. We have some new items of merchandise available. We have our Black History Month shirt that says Black Health, Black Wealth, Black History. We also have two other shirts. We have the Minority Money Podcast shirt that's available for men and women. So go, please check those out on our website. With that, we're going to jump right into the episode today. It's going to be with me, and I am going to talk about my story. So I'm going to tell a little bit of background about how I got into the industry, what exactly I had to go through. So this has been on my mind and on my heart for a long time. I've spoke to my good friends about it, spoke to my family about it, and everybody thought that this was a good thing for me to share. And we're just going to talk about the obstacles that I had to go through, overcoming those obstacles, and living to tell about the story. I had a banking background. So we'll start from there, and we'll start after I left the bank. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little nervous sharing this story, but you know it is what it is. Here we go. I'm going to talk about what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be a financial advisor. I remember being at the bank that I was working at at the time, and we always had a financial advisor come into the office, and they would come in late, later than everybody else. They would leave before everybody else. They clearly made more money than most people that worked at the bank. There was just something about them. There was this mystery. They always wore a nice suit, whether it was men or women, because we did have a few women financial advisors at some of the banks that I worked at. It was just this mystique. It was just, there was something about that position. And so I always wanted to have it. Fast forward, I'm already managing the bank and we had some stuff going on at the time. This 2012 is when this all happened. So 2011 was a crazy year. 2011 is probably a better time for me to start. This is when I have my divorce. So I go through divorce in 2011, started in 2010, finished in 2011. And it was one of Anytime you're going through something like that, it's a life event. It's a very, very tough time. Crazy thing is, I didn't even realize that it was so stressful when I was going through it. I have to throw this in there just so you guys understand when you're just living life and you don't realize what other people can see in you. So I go to the pharmacy because I'm having some stomach issues, digestive issues, and I'm telling the pharmacist, you know, I didn't want to go to the doctor because I didn't think it was that serious. And so I'm telling the pharmacist about my symptoms and what's going on. He looked at me and he said, are you under a lot of stress? This is the first time that I realized going through my divorce was a stressful time. So going through all this stuff, 2011, it was July. So it was July 1st. I get a DUI. 
Yes, I know. It was irresponsible of me to go and drink and drive. Totally irresponsible for me. And it's something that I'm very not proud of, but it did happen. At this time, I was working at a bank. I was already in talks about working at another firm. So I was trying to get this all dialed in. Well, after I got this DUI, I filled out the application for this company. And when I filled it out, I put on there that I had a DUI, even though I was not convicted of a DUI because this happened in April. And I applied for this job in August, the month right after that. Unbeknownst to me, when I said that, they said that they could not hire me because I was going to be on some type of probation. I didn't even know I was going to be on probation for the DUI. So they told me this. So I went to court, did everything I had to do. And there was a time they said, I cannot be on a probation at all and get this job. So I was like, all right, well, what do I have to do? One of my friends was an attorney. I had spoken to him about you know, what my options were. At this time, Fresno County Jail was overcrowded. They were actually not even sending people into the jail if they didn't have a violent crime, which at this time, <laughs> the DUI, nothing happened. I just got pulled over. It wasn't nothing violent about the crime. So they were letting people out. The only way that I was going to either be off of probation was to serve 90 days is what the sentence was. If I served 90 days in the county jail, then I wouldn't have to be on probation and I could actually get the job because this is the financial advisor job that I really, really wanted. And so when I think about it, let me back up here. So now you may have heard me talk about going to visit my mom in prison and going to visit my uncles in prison and stuff like that. So for me, I was thinking, okay, the possibility of going to jail didn't really scare me because I was like, eh, you know, I don't think I'm going to go. And it didn't really seem like I was going to go. So let's go ahead. So we go to court, like, okay, the remand myself in the custody. I figured I'd probably be home before the afternoon. I mean, when we talked, it was supposed to be home before the afternoon. So this is the first time I'm going to say it. I spent 13 days in Fresno County Jail. It was crazy, right? So here I am. I'm a bank manager. I've made this decision to remand myself in custody for an opportunity to be a financial advisor. I'm saying this just so you understand. I'd interviewed at Morgan Stanley. I had spoken to a couple other firms and no one wanted to hire me. And so this firm had gotten to the place where they said they would actually hire me. I couldn't be on probation. And this was an informal probation. Anyone that's had a DUI understands how that works. But the fact that they wouldn't even give me the job if I was on informal probation. And I said, it means enough to me to try this at this point in time, because I'd already been denied a few other times to get into the industry. If I have to take this chance of going to jail to get in, then this is the company that's going to give me a shot, then I'm going to do it. Now, you can look at this any way you want and say, okay, I could have went somewhere else. I could have done this. But at this point in time, I thought that was the best decision for me. And so I'm sitting there and it was one of the most humbling experiences I ever had. There was a lot of time to think, a lot of reflection, this and that. It was crazy. What happens after I get out? I get out. It's kind of like I disappeared for 13 days because no one really knew where I was going and I didn't expect to be there. So after these 13 days pass, I get out and now it's all business, right? So now I get hired at the company. Awesome. I take my Series 7, pass my Series 7, flying colors, get in, take my Series 66. Let me just give you the context of this. I take my Series 66 on a Thursday. My divorce finalized in court on a Tuesday. Now, I mentioned earlier that I didn't even realize I was under stress until I had told the pharmacist kind of what my symptoms were. And that's when I realized that I was actually having a lot of stress. Now let's go back to that Tuesday. So that Tuesday, we finalized the divorce. Then I go in 
I go to take my Series 66. I fail my Series 66 by one question. <laughs> After I've gone to jail for 13 days to get this opportunity to work at this firm, I fail the test the day after I finish my divorce. They gave me a second chance. They understand the circumstances. The company was gracious enough to give me a second chance. When they gave me the second chance, I failed the test again by one point. Okay, I failed the test again by one question. And now they were left with no choice but to let me go. So now the one company that I thought was going to hire me to give me a chance to work in financial services, I failed the test. Now, mind you, I had my Series 6, my 63, my 26, my life and health. This is the first time I'd ever failed an exam. So I was sitting here like, wow. So I did all this to get in and then I failed. And then another firm, an insurance company actually said, we'll take you just like that. They wanted me to be an insurance agent. But I knew that I needed to pass this test, not only for myself, but I just knew that there's no other way that I could pass six other exams and not pass this one. It was just like a personal thing now. I remember the day I passed it. I passed it on December 22nd of 2012. It was the third attempt. And then after that attempt, I would have had to wait six months to actually take the test again. So I passed the test. I start at this firm in February of 2013. And I've taken a massive pay cut when I was on vacation in jail for 13 days. Things didn't work out at the bank. That's a whole nother story for another time. Things didn't work out with the way that all went and they, no hard feelings at all just didn't work out there. So now I'm actually able to be a financial advisor, fully licensed, 2013, hit the ground running. I had wanted something so bad. Let me tell you what happened now. So now I get there to this company. It's an insurance company. I knew what I wanted to do. I came into the industry to be a financial advisor, to help people to make an impact in people's lives. I hit the ground running. I set the record at that company, at that office for the most applications taken in the first 12 months by any advisor that had been there. I did over close to 200 applications in that first 12 months. Within six months of being at this company, this is because I wanted this so bad and there was nothing that was going to keep me from getting this goal of being a financial advisor because I just wanted it that bad. And so when they gave me a chance to get there, I really, really just put my nose down and just grinded as hard as I could. We got in there and we set that record, right? And I remember at one point in time, this is the time when I was listening to Drake and Drake, I had heard had a vision board and he had this screensaver was the house that he wanted. And so at this point in time, when I was a new agent, I was sitting in a cubicle. My goal was to get an office within the first six months of me starting from not being a financial advisor, within six months, I had earned my way to have my own office. And I put a picture of that office as my screensaver on my desktop when I was working in the cubicle. And within six months, I was there. Another six months, I had set the record for applications. Fast forward to 2014, had a decent year, but there was a lot of ups and downs in income. Remember, this is at an insurance company, we were working full commission. So now that we finally got there, we've had this great year of putting 200 applications. 200 applications doesn't necessarily mean that 200 people bought something from me. Not all, this is insurance we're talking about. So some of those insurance policies didn't go through. And so this was when the real financial troubles started. On the cusp of everything that was going on, now I'm working full commission. And sometimes there's some months where it's just lean, all in pursuit of the dream of being a financial advisor. And around this time, all of this stuff is my wife. Now I started dating about 2014. So when we're dating, I want to say this is about 2015. Finances were tight. Remember, we're working on commission. She was still working at a bank and she had a pretty good job. And we had known each other 
prior to starting the date. So we kind of had some history, but I remember there was times when we talk about like one thing after another, after another, after another that comes up. So there was one time where the car had broken down and we didn't have money to fix it. I call Madi and I'm telling her, I'm like, hey, my car is like, it's done. I can't drive it. Madi takes a two week vacation from her job to help me pursue a dream. And when she did that, like, first of all, shout out to my wife, because she really held me down there for a long time. And when she did this, this happened for two weeks. In those two weeks, I was able to close some pretty good size insurance policies, and we were able to get the car fixed and all that stuff. But it was so tight through all those things. I'm sharing this story of struggle and this story of lack or not having, because I want you to understand that when you place something in your mind, when you have something inside of you, to do something bigger than yourself. Like I know what I was trying to do when I was trying to be a financial advisor, but when I took a step back and looked at what I was really trying to do and the impact that I wanted to have in people's lives, it was really to change the complexion of wealth. I remember that conversation. I remember this very vividly talking to Madi and she was saying, you know, I'm going to say she took the time off. And I remember talking to her and she was like, why don't you just go back to the bank? Why don't you just go work at a bank job? And I said, I can't, I can't help as many people the way I want to help them working at the bank. I have to do it this way. This is the only way that I can do it. I have to create something. And she said, okay, well, then if that's what you're going to do, then that's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do. 2015, the year after we made that decision. So this happened in 2015. Later on that year, I actually was put into the management and training program that had a small salary. So now we had a little consistent income. I had hired an assistant now. So it was me my assistant. And then I had some office staff that they had given us there at at the local office. So now we're actually growing a little bit. We have some money coming in. And now I'm starting to find out that I'm meeting with people that are minorities. I'm meeting with all minorities and they all have questions about finance. They all have questions. It's not just about your regular finance questions. It's like, how do I fix my credit? How much money do I need to retire? What about my kids if I want to send them to college? And they had all these questions. And only thing I was doing at that time during the time with the insurance company was selling insurance, which nothing wrong with that. That's just what I was doing at the time. However, because of the people I was dealing with, the minority group of people, and there's not very many minority financial advisors. So they were coming to me and they still had questions. I'd sell them an insurance policy, but what about the investments in my 401k? So I talked to them about the investments in their 401k well, what about this? I have this document that I received. Can you help me with this? And so I'm looking at loan documents. I'm looking at all kinds of different things that pertain to people's overall wealth. It's taking time, but I'm not receiving any compensation because the only way that I'm paid at the company that I was working at is to sell insurance. And that's not what everybody needed. People needed financial advice. So in 2016, I was listening to some podcasts and it really began to hit me that people need more than insurance. People need more than investments. They need guidance. They need information. They need that information in a way that they can receive it. And because I can't help everybody. My capacity is really probably going to have like 100 clients, maybe 150 clients that one person can help. So if the impact that I was trying to make in helping minority people was going to be made, I was going to have to change something. And I couldn't stay at the insurance company to do that. This is in 2016 when this happened. That year in 2016 was the same year that I actually proposed to Madi. So we proposed that year. And this is all on the cusp of a program that I was in. Shout out to Lily. 
Lily is the leadership in life institute that I was in this program. And this program literally changed my life. It really helped me get a focus on what I valued, what was important to me, and how to go out and set actionable goals. And so when I did that, I graduated from that program on May 11th of 2016. I proposed to Mahdi shortly after. And after that, we begin this journey. You've heard of all the struggle. You've heard of all the things that we went through. But after 2016 happened, 2016 happened. And then we had 2017, we get married. 2017, we get married. Let's talk about how that all went. So 2017, we get married. (laughs) We have a baby. We start a business all in September. So we get married September 2nd. We take our honeymoon. And then we get back from our honeymoon and we start a business. And then we get pregnant that same time while we're on our honeymoon, all in one month, like in 30 days. It was like the craziest 30 days ever. And then we start our firm. We get a new office. So 2017 ends. We start 2018. We make the big decision in our firm to become fee only because we know that people need advice and they were coming to us for advice more than they were for products. And the birth of Gen Next Wealth. Gen Next Wealth opened November 7th. 2017. And we started the firm. And from there, we begin to develop a platform and get our voice out talking about different things. We started with doing a lot of videos. Many people that listen to this may have heard some of the videos or seen some of the videos I used to post on Instagram all the time. I'm always posting motivational stuff. I'm always posting encouraging stuff. I'm always posting stuff. A lot of people now that hear me talk about this motivation and all this stuff, they don't know that 2013, 2014, I almost lost my house. We almost lost, bill collectors called, counts were overdrawn. I mean, it was bad. But the only thing we had was the dream of building something to help people with their money. It didn't know exactly how it was going to work out. Didn't know what it was, but I knew that I had to help people. I knew that people of color needed an advocate. They needed someone. They needed it. And I wanted to be that for them. And so we started the Minority Money Podcast. Minority Money Podcast started in 2018, and I can't thank you guys enough for where we are now. I think there's so much more for us to do. I think there's so much more for us to accomplish, not only as listeners to the podcast, but as people of color, as minority groups. We have a great responsibility to the other people that are watching us. A lot of people that listen to this show are probably leaders in their respective community, whether you're Black or Latino or Asian or what have you, whatever you are, whatever type of minority, even if you're LGBTQ community, that as well. Like most of the people that I'm finding that are listening to this show are leaders. And you are going to go through times, tough times. You're going to go through some hard times as a leader in your family, in your personal life, in your business life. And all I'm telling you, the only reason I shared this story today, especially during Black History Month, is to let you know, keep grinding, keep fighting, hold on to your dream. Don't let anyone take that from you. That is yours. Guard it, protect it, because I'm living my dream now. And when I look back eight years ago, I never thought I would be here. I never thought that we would be here. Now we're in a place financially that we've never been before. I'm just saying that things are a lot different now. And when I was sitting there and it looked really, really bleak, I'm losing my job at one firm, losing the relationship failed, lose my job, 
go to jail, <laughs> fail the test that I was trying to take to provide and change things. What am I going to do? Like the valley of despair. I remember sitting there on my bed in my room. No one else was there. Tears running down my face, not knowing what I was going to do. House getting ready to be foreclosed on. It was in that moment where I said, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. It's not always going to be like this. This is not a destination. This is just part of the process. This is not where I'm going to end up. This is just a place where I'm at along the journey. This is not where I'm meant to stay. This is just something that I can remember as a jumping off point to the greatness that awaits me. And this is what I'm telling the listener now as you're sitting there, as you're thinking about this, as you've been struggling, as you've been going through hard times, it doesn't matter if it's relationship, it doesn't matter if it's business, it doesn't matter if it's personal, it doesn't matter if it has to do with finances or if it has to do with your health, whatever it is that you're going through right now, find some resolve, find that place, find that place of solitude, pull yourself together because everything's going to be all right. That's all I got for you today. I'm not going to belabor the point on this one. I'm just going to say that's all I got for you today. Perseverance. Keep going. Just keep going. This is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here. And until next time, 